How's everybody doing? It's good to see all of you here tonight. By the way, my name is Aaron. I am not Pastor Lynn. Uh, but I do come uh, bearing his apologies. He really does want to be here tonight, but he really does not feel good. It's been, uh, I, I know it's only Tuesday, but uh, it's already been a crazy week for him. And uh, he's had, had a really tough week. Sundays takes a lot out of you. And then uh, he's just not feeling good. So here I am, and it is my honor to be with you. I'm going to pick right up where he left off a few weeks ago, but I have a couple of announcements I want to make uh, first and foremost. First one is this. Um, next week, there's going to be, I have two notes that say the same thing. I have to choose which one to read off of. Uh, there's a, a, a Belize mission trip coming up. And next Tuesday night, there's going to be a fundraiser here in room A104, which is basically right through that wall from 5 to 7. So basically just before the mine, if you could come, you can eat dinner here, spaghetti dinner. Those proceeds will be going to our Belize mission team. They will help them out. If you have cash tonight to pay, um, they would love to have that. They'll have credit cards available next week. But if you're not going to be here next week and you still would like to give them cash, they will accept that gladly tonight as well. But that's a great way to partner and help help them um, go to Belize, tell people about Jesus, have a wonderful mission trip experience. And so please uh, note on your calendar, you can come early, you can hang out, you can eat, and it'll be a lot of fun. All right? Um, how much is it? It is $5. Great question. Sorry, I forgot to say that. Um, also I wanted to say this, if, um, if you came either of the last two weeks, you realized very quickly that there was no mine and just wanted to say, um, sorry that you missed the memo. There's an email that went out and, and somehow maybe we missed it back at the information desk on your way out. If you would stop by there, give them your email to make sure you you're a part of all communications that are going back and forth. Um, I'm in the same boat as some of you are who just the whole fall break thing messed me up. Uh, we woke up Monday morning. Actually, I slept in. My wife woke up really early, fed the kids. I got up, got ready, got the girls dressed, got the girls packed, got them ready, hopped in the car, off to school we go. I got to the stop sign and I'm like, something looks wrong at this school. And about that time, Olivia, my eight-year-old, dad, what's going on? I'm like, I really don't know. Like, I don't think it's daylight savings time because it's Arizona, although we've only been here for a while. Um, I don't know, Olivia. I'm really confused. And, uh, it was still fall break. So we tried to send our school, our kids to school on fall break. For some reason, they sent them back. And, and so it just didn't work out. But um, if you showed up and it was fall break, so sorry that you uh, missed that memo. But from now on, if you get your name on that email list, we at The Mind will do our best to communicate all the details with you. Okay? Let me do this. Let me pray over us and our time tonight and our study of the scriptures. And then we'll get going. Father, we love you so much and we thank you for tonight. And God, there's many of us who our hearts resonated um, with the songs of worship that we sing. And, and whether that's just a, a praise chorus, just lifting you up and saying how desperately we need you. Or whether that's a, a song that is just a, a cry from our heart saying, deliver us. Um, God, you are worthy of our praise. And God, you are also God Almighty who can save us and deliver us. And meet us in the middle of our pain. And God, I don't know where all of the men and women here tonight um, have been this, this short week or last week or this month where they're at. But um, whether it's the best of times or the hardest of times, God, you are faithful still. And I pray that tonight through your scripture, God, 
your Holy Spirit would teach us and lead us. And that you would just tonight meet us in this place, God, and speak to us, God, as only you can. Teach us, comfort us, Holy Spirit, we pray. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so there's some of us who've not been to the mine in a while. Um, Pastor Lynn has been doing the mine and going verse by verse through 1 Corinthians. So we've got some mics that are going to run around, but I need help. It's been three weeks since the mine last met. What have you guys been talking about? Fill us in. So just raise your hand and say we've been talking about this in chapter 1, the first part of chapter 2. Can't be shy tonight. Um, I was told that the reason we have the mics is because people listen to us all over the world. And that's a scary thought. Um, in, in different countries around the world, like Texas, people listen to this podcast. So we want to be sure that we speak slowly and clearly. So if they're listening in Texas, they can understand us. Uh, but that's where my North Carolina accent will come in handy. All right. Where have you been? First Corinthians, what have we been talking about? Raise your hand. Let a mic run to you. Unless you forgot what we talked about. If you want to cheat, you can open your Bible to first Corinthians and just read a verse. Spiritual wisdom is not worldly wisdom. Okay, and great. And look crazy to other people. Yep. Thank you. Very cool. Somebody else? Sometimes my hardest moments in life are my best moments. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got a cheat sheet. Um, That's okay. We were, uh, we were discussing uh, the uh, application of uh, heat and pressure to coal, you know, and yes. creating it. Um, and then we were also talking about uh, serving two masters. Basically, we left off on two, uh, two six. Okay. What else? Anybody remember like 10 weeks ago? Uh, we were talking about the basics of the gospel. Okay. The good news and ultimately what it means to be saved and exactly what it takes to get in and kind of the bare basics, the man on the cross. Okay. Very cool. All right. Anybody else? Does that pretty much cover it? Okay. Here we go. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. Go ahead and grab your Bibles. Turn to first Corinthians, hold your place there, but I want you to flip to the book of Isaiah. So old Testament, let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. And we're going to sort of set up where we're talking about tonight. There's a passage in Isaiah 40 I want to read. There's a passage in Isaiah 55 that I want to read. So Isaiah chapter 40, verse 13. As we read these passages in Isaiah, let them set the tone of our heart tonight. That we would have a heart of worship. That we would have a heart that tonight is in awe of the great God that we serve. Listen to Isaiah 40, verse 13. It's a series of questions. Who has understood the mind of the Lord or instructed him as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him and who taught him in the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Whenever has there been a moment, this, these questions are obviously rhetorical Asking, when has there ever been a moment where God said, huh, I wonder what I should do here. Hmm, what happened? When has there ever been a moment where God said, hey, I need some advice. Somebody, somebody, anybody? 
Who has instructed him? Who has ever had to speak into God? Because the, the, the Bible would declare over and over and over and again that we serve a God who is omniscient. He knows all things, all things that ever were and all things that ever will be. So it's the past, it's the present, it's the future that God knows everything. He doesn't need anyone to instruct him. Isaiah 55. Look with me in verse 8. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And I just love it as, as Isaiah is writing this and he's, he's understanding just how great God is. Actually, this is so good. Let's read verse 6. Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will freely pardon And this is God speaking. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. God says there's times in our life where where all of us, we think we know what we're doing. We think we know better. And God says, I just want to remind you that my thoughts are are not your thoughts. The the way that you think, the way that we think, his thoughts are higher than the heavens above our thoughts. That God's thoughts are deep. And that God knows all things. And God knows all things about us. We'll see that in just a minute. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And tonight we're actually going to start reading in verse 9. I know I missed just a couple of verses, but we're going to start in verse 9. However, as it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Could you just say, oh yeah, did you, did you hear what I just read? No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Do you love God? Okay, you can't even begin to imagine what He has planned for you. The, the Bible tells us that, that the things that He has planned for us are beyond our wildest expectations. You think you have good plans for your life. You think you have good dreams for, for And I'll sit back and I'll think and I'll dream about what, what my life could be and what my family could do and all these great things. And the Bible says, compared to my dreams... God, God, his dreams are so much greater, so much wilder, so beyond my wildest dream. He says, no eyes even seen or heard or mind conceived the greatness of the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. No mind has, has thought about this stuff on their own. No, no eye has necessarily seen it themselves, but, but God through his Holy Spirit has revealed it to us. Okay, it's time for some questions. It says here very clearly God has revealed it. What is it? God has revealed it. Raise your hand so one of these mics can run to you. What what is he what is he talking about when he says God has revealed it? Yeah. The plan of salvation. Okay, yeah. It's, it's that whole thing that, that you guys have been talking about over and over and over again. That the mystery, the mystery of, of, of the gospel, the, the message of the cross, that, that God has revealed it to us. And, and so, so the word it is talking about, this is what God has revealed. But that word revealed, 
That is a powerful word. The word revealed is talking about something that was covered, something that was hidden, that now has been brought to the light. Something that was veiled, that now we can know. And, and, and so what it's doing is it's referencing much of the Old Testament, much of the, the story of God throughout the Bible that's saying all of these, all of these old prophets, the, the patriarchs, the, the Moseses, the Abrahams, the Josephs, that they walked in faith, not even fully comprehending all that we are able to understand on this side. But God has revealed it to us through his Holy Spirit. God has opened up the mysteries and God has revealed to us how incredible he is through his Holy Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. I love the the picture there, the deep things of God. The things that that on our own we just we just don't know, the deep things of God. This past weekend um we took our kids to the Arizona Science Center downtown Phoenix. And um, we had um, passes for the IMAX 3D Deep Sea. And so you put on these funny looking glasses and you, everybody laughs at each other for the big glasses on their face. And, but, but then the, the, whole, the whole film, whatever it is, is an exploration of the deep sea. The deep things that, that they would say, we never knew that this fish existed until, you know, not too long ago. When technology was developed to go to these certain depths. To probe those depths and see. And, and it's like a whole new world has been opened up. It's like, it's like this whole new adventure has been given. And, and, and what, what Paul is saying is the Spirit has revealed those deep things of God. Those things that were off limits to us. Even the deep things. Verse 11. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? Okay. Here's basically what he's saying. Who knows you better than anybody? You do. You know yourself better than anybody else. Because you have thoughts that if I knew, you would be embarrassed, right? If you had thoughts and I said, this is the the coolest new technology has been invented. I can make a DVD of your thoughts. And it just so happens that tonight at the mine on our biggest screen possible, we're going to air a video, a DVD of your thoughts for all of us to watch tonight. So hundreds of us have full access to your thoughts. Would anybody stay in the room or would, we, would there be a mass exodus? I, I don't want any of you to see my thoughts. There's just things that, that I know about myself that, that I'm not proud of. I don't want anybody else to know. And it says, basically, you know yourself. Now, some of you are here with your spouse. How many of you are here with your spouse? Okay, so, so look at your spouse and say, do you know me? And, and the reality of that answer, especially if it's the, the wife answering the husband's, say, not really. Because husbands, if, if you're here tonight and you say, you know what, really, I know my wife, I've got her figured out. You need counseling more than anybody else in this room. We don't know each other like that. We know ourselves better than anybody. And that's what Paul says. For who among man knows the thoughts of a man except for that man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. 
No one knows the thoughts of God except for the Spirit of God. Remember our passage in, in, in Isaiah 40? Who, who, who consulted God? Who counseled God to say, God, I've got, a, I've got an idea. I think you should do it this way. Okay, on this whole creation thing, God, I know you were planning on doing light and darkness, but you know what? I've got a better idea. I figured it out. He didn't consult with anybody. Nobody knows his thoughts. The Bible says, except for the Spirit of God. Except for the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God knows, obviously, the thoughts of God. So, so let me ask you a question. Back to verse 10 and holding verse 11 in context. God has revealed. It's question and answer time. How has God chosen to reveal himself? Raise your hands. How has God chosen to reveal himself to us? Through his Holy Spirit. Through his Holy Spirit. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that now that we have him, now we can understand those deeper things. Otherwise, we can't. We're okay. Lost. Yeah. Scripture. Through Scripture. Yeah. And those two are not two separate things. Those two things are, are, are the way God worked. The way that God was, was forming. Through nature. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Through nature. There, there is a very direct line there where, where he's saying God has revealed it to us by his spirit. That, that there's the process that God chose to speak, that God chose to reveal himself to us. And, and the way that he did it, we could just say it's, it's revelation. That, that the story of God, let's say through Genesis, through Exodus, in the time that Moses was living, in the time that Abraham was living, the story was not written down necessarily. It was an oral tradition that was told, that was handed down, that God preserved as, as one generation told the next generation the truths of God, and they passed it on to the next. But then there came a point in time where the, through all of that, the Holy Spirit of God was working. We see it even more directly in the New Testament and in the time of the New Testament where we learn how the Holy Spirit operated. And the Holy Spirit revealed God to apostles. And we have this process of transmission where the Holy Spirit of God revealed the, the truths of God to the apostles. And, and, and not in a way like, like they were, um, there was dictation going on, like doctor's notes. And they were listening to the Holy Spirit say, okay, write this. But that through the personality of the author, the apostle, through the giftings of, of that individual person, the Holy Spirit inspired, the Holy Spirit revealed these men of God to write down the truths of God. And they're revealed to us. And that's sort of a process, and, and I, I, I don't have enough time tonight to, to stay there and to go there, and, and I'm sorry I don't have enough time to go there, but that's sort of the process of revelation. And it's like what you guys have been talking about, specifically as we're going to go through this, in this context, the Holy Spirit of God working through men to give us the scriptures, the word of God. That's the process of revelation. And we are absolutely dependent on the Spirit's revelation ourselves. Not on our own ability to figure God out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Over and over again through 1 Corinthians, we've, we've, we've got to come back to this over and over again. Paul is being very careful to tell us, you are not the author of your salvation. Your intellectual ability to figure things out, your wisdom that you have, even, some, even though some of us are very wise, even natural wisdom, 
Our wisdom didn't help us figure God out. Our intellectual ability didn't help us figure God out. Paul talks about there weren't many of us who were noble when we were called. There weren't many of us who were wealthy when we were called. It's not our success. It's not our ability. It's our dependence on the Holy Spirit of God and his revelation. It's it's our dependence and and our, our hunger for the word of God, the truth of God to say, I can't figure all this out on my own. And guess what? I'm not supposed to. I'm supposed to trust God. I'm supposed to take God at his word. I'm supposed to, in in the power and the the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, say, God, reveal your truth to me. Speak to me. And that God in his grace has given us this book. And sometimes we look at it as as an instruction manual. and, And it helps us know what to do. And that's the right way to look at it. And sometimes some of us look at it as a love story. And we're reading it and we're like, oh my word, God loves me. Jesus did that for me? And there's times where we read this, and and I know some of you have had this experience where you've read a passage a hundred times, and and somehow you read it again, and it's like God says, this is what I want you to hear. And you're like, yes, thank you, God. Because in that moment of of a difficult season of life, or in that struggle, or in that moment where you needed wisdom, it was almost like God just said, here's a passage just for you. And I'm actually preaching this weekend here and I was up early, early with, with that sermon on my mind and, and I was praying and it was five o'clock in the morning and I don't do well at five o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning and sometimes not even at seven o'clock in the morning. But this morning it was five o'clock in the morning and I was, I was back in the scripture and I was reading it and I, was, I had a little commentary beside of me and, and I was just going back and forth and I was like, God, what are you trying to say? And he spoke. And I was just like, thank you, God. Thank you for those moments where it's just a word that's right on time. And that the Holy Spirit of God directs us and leads us and inspires us through this wisdom. But, but what we also have to understand in the context of talking about the Holy Spirit and His work. Do you remember the disciples back, let's say in the book of John, when Jesus is telling them, hey guys... I'm getting ready to leave you. And they're like, don't be silly, Jesus. You're not going anywhere. He's like, no, seriously, I'm getting ready to die on a cross. And, and you better get ready. And, and Peter's like, no way. You're, you're the Lord. You do these miracles. And Jesus said, seriously, I'm going to leave you. And they're mourning the fact that Jesus is going to leave them because they're thinking, how are we going to follow Jesus if he's not here with us? I mean, he was with them and they still messed it up pretty bad. And they're like, how can, we, how can we do this thing without Jesus here? And Jesus says to them, it's a good thing that I go. Because if I don't go, or, or if I go, let me read it for you. John 14, don't even turn there unless you really are fast. John 14, 23, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him. We will come and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not mine. They belong to the Father who sent me. All things I have spoken while with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Listen to what the Holy Spirit will do. Will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. And will remind you of everything that I have said. The role of the Holy Spirit in our life 
is to teach us, to help us understand, and to remind us, to bring to remembrance in those moments where we need it, the truths of God. And Jesus told his disciples, you're sad that I'm leaving, but guess what? It's, it's for your advantage that I go. Because if I go, I'll send my Holy Spirit to enable you, to empower you. So it won't be Jesus walking beside of me. It's God, the Holy Spirit, living inside of me. And I just wonder tonight, how many of us would say, I'm honestly dependent on the Holy Spirit. Maybe you say, I read my Bible. I read my Bible. Okay, but when you read your Bible, do you come to your Bible with this expectation and this ask of the Holy Spirit to say, please speak to me. Don't let it just be a a little study and I can check it off my list to do. but, But Holy Spirit, speak to me today. Reveal to me the truth of your word. That's what, that's what we're being called to do here in the scripture. To, to be dependent on the Holy Spirit to reveal God's will to us. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 12. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. So there again, it's talking about the work of the Holy Spirit is helping us understand, helping us make sense of what God has offered to us in Jesus Christ. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. So there's this aspect of God that he's working and and he's revealing. But there's there's a second aspect of God that that he's working. And and he's he's not just revealing, but he's also inspiring. He's, He's teaching us. Whoa, I'm knocking notes all over the place. That the work of God is not just in the, the process of revelation, which he is. He's also in the process of inspiration. And so he talks about this. We have received, we have not received the spirit of the world. What, what is the spirit of the world? What is he referring to? Raise your hand real quick. Yeah, what is he referring to? The spirit of the world. Satan. Okay. And, and maybe that, maybe even harking back to, to previous lessons, just that natural spirit, you know, there's, we're not sure, 100% sure. There's, there's a good chance that it's sometimes either one, we're not sure. The spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. And he says, which one is it that we have? But, but here's what I really want you to, to nail down. Look in verses 12 and 13, and he, Paul says this over and over again. We have not received the spirit from the world. Verse 13, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom. You don't even have to answer this out loud, but just think about this in your mind. Who is the we he's talking about? See, we have a temptation every time we see we to read me into it. That may not necessarily be the case right here. At this point, Paul is is setting up this idea of, of inspiration and revelation that God has revealed to him, an apostle, to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, that God has revealed to them these words that they have pinned down, that they have given to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and Paul says, we've not received the spirit of the world, but it, it's a spirit of God. And he's making this case to the church at Corinth. These are not just their ideas that they came up with. Paul's saying, it's not just that, that me and, and Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, we got in this room and we thought, what's a cool story we can write up? 
but that God captured their hearts and, and God revealed himself to them through the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, so we began to write. In verse 13, and this is what we speak because it was through the, the revelation of the Spirit of God. And then it was also through the teaching of the apostles that the doctrine and the truths and the scripture came out. So Paul's talking about them, the apostles, the ones that God had revealed himself to, that we're speaking this, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught in the spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. It goes back to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And Pastor Lynn spoke on this just a few weeks ago, where, where the first part of that says, all scripture is God, what? God breathed. That all scripture is, that, that, that part of that revelation, part of that inspiration process is the Holy Spirit of God. And, and the literal translation of the word for spirit in the Greek is really wind or breath. And so all scripture is God breathed. And so when we pick up the scriptures and, and, and as a believer, we, we come to the scriptures and, and we're, we're, we're begging God to speak to us. It's like God is breathing his life into our lives to know him to trust him to follow him there's an interesting point here that that i i want to make and i want to be very very careful on this but but there's this thing in our society where sometimes we're treading lightly on the word inspiration or revelation and, and we're not being very careful. And, and, and we say things like, God told me. And we say it very flippantly. And, 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 and somebody comes and they make a case to say, well, God told me to do this. And it doesn't line up with scripture. There's a big problem. In the Old Testament, when, when a person claimed to have a word directly from God... They better be right. Because in the Old Testament, if they claim to have a word from God, if they claim to speak on behalf of God and they were wrong, what happened? You, you lost your head. So you only did that once. I can promise you, you only did that once. And, and today, sometimes there's this, there's this idea that all of us can hear in many, 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 many different ways from God. And we can all say, well, this is what God says. And we better be sure that we can go back to Scripture and line it up to say, God never contradicts Himself. God doesn't say one thing in Scripture and then me have any kind of right to stand up and say, well, yeah, I know He says that in Scripture, but, you know, He told me. It doesn't work. And I think we have to be... Very, very cautious and very careful to... There's a line there. And I'm not saying that that God doesn't speak. I'm not saying that at all. And and I'm not saying that God doesn't reveal. And and I'm not saying there's never a point where, where we feel like God's really impressed my heart. And sometimes it's just semantics. But we better be really careful to suppose that we're speaking for God. Or that we're speaking into someone's... God told me to tell you. I've had people tell me that. I mean... Uh, many of you know we've been going through quite an ordeal with my daughter and uh, she's been fighting cancer. And I, I can't tell you the number of people who God's told them to tell us something that we're like, that doesn't line up with what God's told us. And more importantly, it doesn't line up with what God's word says. 
So I think I'll stick to this. Thank you very much, stranger. Be very, very careful. And that's why the Bible tells us over and over again, we test the spirits to see if they're from God. We line it up with Scripture to say, is this true? Okay, look at, let's look in verse 14. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So the man without the Spirit, some of you have a translation that says the natural man. Anybody have that? The natural man. Okay, yeah, a lot of us. The man without the Spirit or the natural man does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. So Paul's making a a contradiction here, or, or he's contrasting two people. And he says, on the one hand, there's the person who has the Spirit of God. And on the other hand, there's this person, uh, a natural person, or, or the man without the Spirit. Now, this is a very important point. We, we've got we've to understand what God is saying here. So he says, the man without the Spirit, the person that's here, the natural person, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. The, the, the natural man would look at the truths of Scripture. The natural man would, would read some of these things or hear some of our sermons. And they would just be like, that's, that's ridiculous. It's, it's not even common sense. It doesn't make, it doesn't make a bit of sense. They would, that's foolishness. It's foolishness. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But the spiritual man, let's go back over here. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things. But he himself is not subject to any man's judgments. So there's a little bit of confusion here in most of our translations. There's only a few translations that get this right. If you look at the end of verse 14, the word discerned. And then if you look in verse verse 15, the word judgments. Those in the Greek are the exact same word. So basically what he's saying is that that the spiritual truths um, at the end of verse 15... Their foolishness, the natural man cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned or because they're spiritually understood or because they're spiritually um, approved or tried. It's this word to say that the, the natural man is looking at them and what he's saying is this, that's not true because it doesn't work. That doesn't make any sense to me. And he says, so the natural man looks and this is, this is where it gets really interesting for me. They're foolish. The, the things of God are foolishness, number one. And he cannot understand them. So let's, let's, let's drill down here. They're foolishness and he cannot understand them. So let me ask you a question. And it's time to put our thinking caps on. If the natural man cannot understand the truths of God. What is Paul trying to say? Because to be accountable for salvation, you've got to be able to understand what salvation is, right? So, so okay, time for some hands to go up, get some mics running around, a um, couple places here. Uh, what, what's Paul talking about here? Saying that a, a believer who's following the Spirit um, can't be judged by someone who doesn't have the Spirit within them and that judgment be right with God. Okay, yeah. But, but just even before that, let's, let's stay before that. What is he saying about the natural man that he cannot understand the things of the Spirit of God? What is he specifically saying? Because, because there's a big question mark here. 
It's the Spirit of God that helps us to understand Scripture. Okay. Okay. That's part of it. Absolutely. But, but still he's saying, but, but the natural man can't even begin to understand the Spirit of God. Is that true? Yeah. He's talking about they can't understand that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died on the cross and rose again. Okay. Okay. And I agree partially with all of you, but here's my question. Um, I think most of you go to Cornerstone, and if you're here Sunday, we asked you to put the names of people down on a list that you're praying for. So let's just say in those baskets that we had, you wrote a name down, and and the, the, the name was Joe. You wrote Joe down, and you said, I'm praying for Joe that Joe would get saved. You wrote his name down, you put it in the basket. But, but if the truth, if, if this scripture is really saying, Joe cannot even understand. He can't even understand the things of, of God. He, he has no ability himself at all to understand the, the things of God. Then why should we even pray for him? He can't understand the things. Can he be held accountable for something he doesn't understand? Yeah, there's, there's, there's hands going up. He has not yet made the decision okay. for Christ. Okay, right. And without that, the Spirit can't dwell, dwell in him. Okay. So, so, so do you think he's saying, like, he's intellectually unable to understand? No, he's spiritually unable. Okay, good. Good. What else? Are you, are you also saying that when a person gets saved, they become a new creation And the old is gone, and so spiritually, like he was saying, you begin to understand things that you didn't understand before. Right. Right. That's definitely part of it. I think think what we've got to understand here is... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that, um, as Christ said, if I be lifted up, then I will call men unto me. So that it is his calling. We're praying that they... That their hearts are softened in a way that they they can receive Christ's Okay. So maybe it's not literally... The natural man is totally unable to understand. Go with me to Romans chapter 1 real quick. Just to get the context, we'll start reading in verse 18. Romans 1, 18. The wrath of God... This, again, Romans 1, 18. I know some of you are still turning. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Okay, so, so let's just note that. Suppress the truth by their wickedness. So maybe the decision we're talking about is not a decision of they're unable to understand, but unwilling to accept. Okay, let's just stay there for a second or, or hold that thought. The wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Back to over here, the comment about nature, God reveals himself, that, that there's an element of, of God. And, 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 and here again, it's a mystery. We could, we could bring up and we could go around and around and around about the, the person in the, the deep, dark jungles of South America or Africa or what about the person who's never heard the name Jesus. But, but we have this understanding, we have this truth from Scripture that somehow God has revealed himself. 
somehow God has made himself known. And so what this passage is saying is, is the reality is the natural man. And, and it says this. The things of God are foolishness and he cannot understand them. It's, it's not that he's unable to understand them. It's he's unwilling to accept them. Because they're foolish. Because the things of God sound foolish to a natural man. The Spirit of God is the one who guides us and teaches us and opens up our eyes and our understanding. And so all of these names that we're praying for, it's not that we're praying, God, they're, they're so dumb. That's not it at all. Some of them are, are very smart, very even loving people. But what we're saying is, God, there, there's an aspect where their eyes are darkened to you. Would you open their eyes that they could see how great you are and how much you love them? It's not that they're unable to comprehend this stuff. It's that up to this point in their life, they've been unwilling to accept. It's a moral decision most of the time. To say, I'm not willing to accept that. That's foolishness. What about the scripture that says that no one comes to Jesus except the Father draw him? Sure, absolutely. And I, I just, um, I pray that the spiritual blindness that is common in the natural man absolutely. will will fall and that their spiritual eyes will be opened. And I believe with all my heart and I pray that the Father will draw him, draw them. Absolutely, yeah. No, I I wholeheartedly embrace that. I agree with you. And and I say the reality is the the men and the women whose names are in these baskets that we're all praying for, they probably, no, they don't wake up one morning, hop on the floor and say, you know what? I think I need Jesus today. The Holy Spirit has worked in their heart and drawn them. Absolutely. So, yeah, we're, we're praying that prayer over thousands of names that have been submitted, that, that the Holy Spirit of God would begin to draw and stir, and they would respond and welcome the work of God in their life. Absolutely. You see, we keep coming back to this idea in First in Corinthians. And I mean, we're only in chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. I mean, it's going to be a while, guys. Get ready. Um, but we keep coming back to this idea where Paul is knocking every crutch out from under us. And he's saying, there's not one of you who's smart enough to figure God out. You can't take credit to say, oh, you know what? I I know this God. I I didn't wake up one morning and choose God. God chose me. God reached out to me. The Holy Spirit wooed me. So, So over and over again, Paul's saying, we can't take credit for this. Because none of us are able to understand on our own. All of us at some point in our life, we were, we were natural men and natural women. I don't mean natural in the fact of like, we didn't use deodorant and that kind of thing. I mean natural in the fact of we thought the worldly way. And so what, what, what Paul is saying here is, all of us were in that place at one point and at one time. Until the Holy Spirit of God opened up our eyes. And if you're here tonight and the Holy Spirit of God has never opened your eyes, 